Hey golfers, if you've ever got into your golf round feeling stiff, achy, and not confident uh, to take your first swing, if you've got into your workout and it feels like it takes you quite a bit of time to really get into a rhythm, performing a warm-up is crucial for your performance. My free golf warm-up ebook is designed to help you understand how to create a better warm-up. In this ebook, you will learn my step-by-step process for designing warm-ups, a printable template for creating warm-ups, and a sample golf warm-up with video instructions so that you can get started today improving the way you move, feel, and perform when it comes to golf, when it comes to your workouts. Head to www.joegambinodpt.com backslash golf warm-up ebook or head to the show notes to download it today. The Fitness for the Fairways podcast, helping you make your body the best club in your bag. Joe interviews the best strength coaches, physical therapists, and golf professionals to help you take your golf performance to the next level. Hey, everybody. Welcome back into the Fitness for the Fairways podcast. I am your host, Joe Gambino. For those of you who are unfamiliar with me, new to the show, well, welcome. I am a doctor of physical therapy in the Raleigh, North Carolina area. And you can always feel free to reach me on social media at Joe Gambino DPT at Powerful Performance. You can find me on every single platform out there, most active on Instagram, and I respond to every comment, every DM um, that I possibly get. We also have the Facebook group, uh, Fitness for the Fairways, so you can join that, get on in on the conversation. You can Get there by going to www.facebook.com backslash groups backslash fitness for the fairways or you can um, go to the group section in Facebook and you can just search for fitness for the fairways directly and you can find us there as well. I'd love to have you, have you love to chat with you. Please come on and, and join on in. And lastly, uh, please drop a Review for the podcast. They continue to help grow the show for everyone who has done that so far. Um, I highly, highly appreciate that. I have a goal of getting up to 65. Right now I'm at 59. Um, So please help me get over the hump there and get to those 65 reviews. And uh, last week, the podcast was recorded before the completion of the Ryder Cup. and so I will uh, throw in some thoughts, uh, some today. I didn't get a chance to see all of it. I got the chance to watch one, um, but the U.S. dominated. DJ going 5-0 and um, is pretty amazing. I mean, you have to be pretty lights out to go out there and win every single event um, that you played. Uh, a Bryson and what he's doing with distance is um, pretty unreal. Um, to see him, at, you know, the dis- the differences in some of the shots he can make just because of the distance he has. Um, and then everything that's been going on with him uh, competing in the uh, world long drive uh, competitions um, this week is uh, pretty amazing to see. Um, and it's continuing, I think, to, to change the game. And I think that speed is is going to be the future because I do know a lot of these these young kids are coming out and they're able to swing fast and, and hit the ball a mile. And I'm even seeing um, eight-year-old kids up here um, that are that's able to, to already hit the ball 180, 200 yards. And, and so I think the future is going to be um, further and further. And let's hope that... Uh, the PGA doesn't tr- really try to dial back some of the uh, equipment 
because I think golf is is getting fun, and and I think more and more people are watching, and more and more people are are starting to to play um, with the pandemic hitting and everything. Um, I don't think I I don't know if it will have a negative impact on the on continuing to grow the game and get people more involved. Um, but we can, I think it's definitely uh, fun to watch uh, what's going on. Um, I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts about that. I mean, if you guys are in the Facebook group or you guys want to get in and tell me what you guys are thinking about, you know, what's going on with speed, with what Bryson's doing, um, your thoughts on the Ryder Cup, um, I would definitely, definitely love to love to hear. Um, I haven't gotten out to play a full round yet. Um, today, as I'm recording, this is a Wednesday. Um, I will be playing Friday, so next week when I'm recording, I will have an update for you. I have gone out, and, and I actually did play a local um, par 3 here. It's a, just a pitch and putt course. Furthest hole is about 122. The shortest, I think, was about 50 yards. And instead of hitting the driving range, I've been I've been trying to work on my short game a little bit more. So I figured what better way to, than to go out and be able to practice my short game um, in that kind of environment. So I think I played well. I played bogey golf. Um, I had two holes where I performed pretty poorly. Um, I shot a six on one hole, ended up four putting, just, just struggled completely on that hole. And there's another hole where I hit double bogey. But I did have four pars. Um, I only hit two greens, so my chipping game has been getting way better. Um, that has been super um, helpful, allowing me to actually start to decrease the amount of putts that I'm hitting because I don't have to worry about them being super long. And I'm feeling a little bit more confident with my putts as far as that's going. So the fact that I can kind of miss a green, still hit par, and and you know, or bogey, you know, I think that's going to, you know, hopefully help me reduce those high numbers that I was seeing on cards, allowing me to continue to play close to 100. So um, playing on Friday and I'm hoping that, you know, I'm sticking around this lower 100, hopefully shooting under 100 and this becoming more and more likely um, what I'm going to be shooting and continuing to bring my handicap down because I think right now I've gotten it down to about a... 32. I started the season at a 38. Um, so that's super exciting. If I can, you know, this season, if I could break 100, I've been able to hit my driver the entire season, except for a couple of rounds where I was really struggling with it, and then get my handicap under 30. I would dominate just about every goal that I had coming into the season. And that in itself would be amazing. And then I can, you know, it's, it's starting to get to that time where off season's coming up. I'm putting together all the uh, things together with the Lift With Joe Golf Performance Program. Um, you guys can email me right now if you're interested. We'll be starting next month. Um, but I'm starting to get all of the things ready to start to promote that. Um, and it's going to be a lot of fun because this is the, the meat and potatoes programming that had allowed me to gain 14 miles per hour, um, club head speed. So if you're looking for, um, better ways to train, you know, we're going to get into a heavy strength block followed by a heavy power and speed block over the next, uh, six months. Um, this is the time to kind of get on in and hit the ground running so we can get some, some significant, significant, 
improvements in our golf performance. So that's where I am now, and I'm going to be starting to, to get all that going. So just bringing it out there, letting you guys know where, where that's going, and I would love for you guys to join me uh, within that process. Uh, every little bit of it is an experiment. We all will be recording Club 8 Speed at the start and across, along the way, and we'll be te- and we'll be keeping track of a couple of metrics um, to see how these things are actually correlating with club head speed. You know, the research says this, and I want to start to see, you know, in, in little case studies like this, where now I kind of really get to experiment with fitness and how it can impact golf performance. I really want to start to get some data um, to do that. So if you want to get in there, you want to help out, you want to see how fitness can really improve your golf performance, shoot me an email, support at par4performance.com, and let's get it going. All right, today, episode 117, we got a little solo episode. Uh, I want to talk about what can you learn from injuries. They are very frustrating at times. They bring up a lot of emotion for people. And, you know, a lot of times, especially if you don't know the mechanism of injury, when you get hurt, the first thing that kind of happens is there's a little bit of panic. How bad is it? Why did it happen? What did I do wrong? A million thoughts flood uh, um, your your brain. You're trying to figure out what happened, how to get better. You may not know what to do, um, and that's okay, right? Uh, we're going to talk a little bit today about how injuries occur, why they occur, and you know how we can use them really as opportunity to improve the way our body moves, how it feels, how we're performing, uh, all of that, all of that. So. Um, well, we're going to continue to dive right down into this. So, you know, we already kind of talked about it when you get hurt there, there are a lot of unknowns. It leads to frustration, sadness, being mad. Um, there are a lot of feelings that can boil up and they are all okay to feel. Um, nobody should ever tell you that you you shouldn't feel that way. Um, but I want you to be, um, or at least have the understanding of what pain is and, and why it is uh, opportunity to become better um, so that this way those feelings don't boil up and linger around for a long period of time. We can start to become a little bit more diligent and have a little bit more empowerment over it so that this way when we do feel sad or frustrated or, or not sure what to do, we can kind of fall back to what the science is saying, what my experience is telling us and, and help you figure out what steps you should take to get you back on track as soon as possible. Okay, so we're going to start by talking about what an injury is or really rather why they happen in the first place. So injuries happen when the forces acting on the body exceed the forces your body can tolerate. And this can happen in one of two ways. One, the mechanism of injury is the forces from that mechanism exceed your tissue's capacity. And this can be from you rolling your ankle and spraining it, or you may be falling on your arm and then ending up dislocating your shoulder, right? The forces that happen in that action exceed what your body can tolerate. And then you have an anatomical injury as far as a sprain, a break, a dislocation, or something like that goes. The second mechanism or reason that we can have pain is more of the repetitive strain injuries. This is not where you have one big mechanism of injury that happens. This is where it's almost kind of built up over time. 
So we can think about if you've been sitting too much at work and you start to develop lower back pain, um, you start to develop golfer's elbow from playing too much golf or for some other repetitive action with your arms. It is not one um, mechanism that causes the pain. It is a continual repetitive strain over time that results in your injury. So no specific mechanism of injury, repetitive strain on tissue over time causing the pain response. Now you can think of this as forces don't just happen in an instant, right? So you don't sit down and the forces that act on your body, which are relatively low, they don't just go away when you get up. They can build over time, especially if there's not enough recovery in between bounce. So as golfers, we constantly rotate um, in one direction. We are producing high levels of speed and force. If we do that a lot and a lot and a lot and a lot over years, sure, we can end up having some sort of repetitive strain issue down the line, a lower back pain, shoulder pain, wrist pain. You, you can't really fully prevent these things, but we can definitely reduce the likelihood of those things happening. Um, and that's by giving enough recovery time, making sure that we're making sure our tissue capacity is as high as possible so that this way it's harder for these, you know, it takes more force being applied to the body to actually hit these points. But that is how these kind of repetitive strain issues happen is more of an accumulation effect versus just a boom, one large mechanism of injury. And I think that's why these types of injuries, they are more frustrating than if you fell and broke your arm because you don't really know how you got hurt. Sometimes you just wake up in the morning and you're like, wow, my back hurts. It could happen hours later. And then you're just trying to piece together why it happened. Oh, I slept funny. Oh, you know, it must have been because I played golf and I had this one shot that felt a little funky. And you start going down this rabbit hole blaming a thousand different things. You start to lose confidence in your body, body's ability to perform if it continues to happen over and over again. And then this lack of answers creates this negative feedback loop that kind of helped, that kind of drives it a whole kind of spiraling effect that that brings you back to these questions. It makes you a little bit less confident. And then you have more and more pain and it kind of goes on and off from there. And that's how some of these chronic issues start to develop. So injury is definitely more complicated than this. This is me trying to boil it down and really kind of describe, I mean, this is not just me making stuff up. This is a simplistic version of how injury happens. Um, but because pain is multifactorial, other stresses in your life can impact this. It doesn't always have to be physical force, but emotional stress, things like that can also um, heighten a pain response or make you less sensitive um, to forces, right? So it becomes easier to set off a pain response if you're highly stressed than if you were not stressed, well slept, um, well recovered, things within that nature. So, so there's a lot of things that can happen there, but that is kind of the, the framework here in which injury tends to happen. So now we know why injuries happen. We kind of know what pain is, right? Pain is more of, rather than it being your your body's response to something ter terrible happening within it, it's more of your body's alarm system saying it's unhappy with the stimulus that's being placed on it. So when you, we know, oh, we have pain, our body is telling us that it's not happy. We have pain in an area. 
This is your sign to learn where movement weaknesses, where specific structures don't have as as great capacity for forces. Maybe we are not recovering well, right? We can start to learn why it's happening and what we can do about it. And when we start to learn what we can do about it, how to make our body more resilient, how to recover from an injury, we learn, right? If you go through the rehab process with me, you start to learn why things happen. You learn exercises and how to decrease pain, um, how to build yourself back up. When you start to go through this process, you start to understand more about your body, the process of recovery, you become more resilient on the other side because you don't just rehab to the point where you have no pain. You rehab to the point where your tissues are literally physically stronger than when you started. So when we do that, we create better movement um, environment. We have more mobility options to move through. We strengthen the tissue. We create better control over movement. All of a sudden, your body is more resilient and more prepared for forces. So when we learn what our, our weaknesses are, we learn the pathways to kind of improve it. We learn, you know, we teach our bodies how to become more resilient, right? It's that That's the opportunity of injury, in my opinion, right? So yeah, pain and injury, they suck. But at the same time, you're learning that, hey, maybe you are repetitively loading an area of your body and you're not quite training other tissues to kind of counterbalance that. Maybe you learn that your spine doesn't segment well, so you don't have a good ability to disperse force. Maybe you just don't have um, a lot of strength or maybe you're just playing way too much golf um, and on an already compromised body and you're not giving enough recovery on the other end. And when we start to, like right, that, there's a lot of things kind of thrown in there, but once we start to figure out where those things lie, it allows you to make better educated decisions on how to train, how to perform mobility work, how to make sure your body is performing at its best because at the end of the day, we want to be able to go out there and have confidence that we can play golf without having to feel like shit afterwards, right? I mean, there are some rounds. I know I played golf a couple um, days ago. I played back-to-back days. Um, I don't do that often because I know you know, my back has some difficulties tolerating that if I haven't built myself up to it. It's a large volume change from what I'm used to. Large volume changes made the left side of my back pretty tight and sore for a few days. I knew I had to recover on the other end. Felt better after about three or four days. And then I was able to go to the driving range and, and work, um, uh, you know, on my pitch and putt game. No ill effects. I've been training, been feeling pretty good, and I feel fully confident I can go out on Friday and play a full round of 18 without any issues. And that is what, when you have injuries, you know, I've been dealing with something chronic for a long time. I've learned how to deal with it. I've learned how to make sure my body is able to be, to move as as best as possible and stay as strong as possible so I can continue to do the things I love with with less issues. And I'm able to do that. And that's where, you know, once you have an injury, once you start to take care of it, you really start to learn these things. And and I think that empowers people um, to better manage pain, to have better expectations when pain happens. Um, And those things are the most invaluable things that you can learn. Um, so yes, pain sucks. Pain's frustrating. It can, it can prevent you from doing things that you love doing, but 
if you can use it as an opportunity to become more empowered to take care of yourself, understand your body better at the end of it, right? If your body, if you did a good job of rehabbing and recovering, you didn't just sit and rest for two weeks and then try to go back to activity and then have more pain, but you truly made your body more resilient, you have now a new opportunity to to make your body better than it was before. You learn about the process, about your body. You become more empowered in case things happen again. You feel like you have more control over the situation. And from there, you can build a, you know, an, not really build something better. I mean, yes, you're building a better body, I think, in my opinion, because you've gone through the process of becoming more resilient. But again, I think it all comes down to empowerment and feeling like you have control over the situation, which will help you feel less frustrated, less mad, less sad, less um, emotion, kind of help you get through a difficult time a little bit easier. Um, if any of you struggle with any of this, right? Uh, you're kind of in this loop. You're not really sure what to do. I offer free 15-minute discovery calls to help people kind of talk through it and and explain maybe how my services might be beneficial for you. Now, you don't, they're, they're free. You don't have to sign up for anything. But if I can help guide you in the right direction any way, shape, or form, that 15 minutes is going to be valuable whether you sign up for my service or not. So feel free. Um, I will put the link to my Calendly calendar in the show notes for this particular episode. Um, and you're more than welcome to... DM me on Instagram, um, set up a 15-minute discovery call via that Calendly link. However, shoot me an email, support at powerforperformance.com. But I do want to give you guys an outlet because I do know that pain is frustrating. Um, it's, it's not always easy to navigate. And part of my mission with this podcast, with everything that I do on social media, is to help people in any way, shape, or form. So whether that's helping you become more... Um, self-efficient because you're able to take some exercises off Instagram and you're taking the information on this podcast to to better um, help your body move and feel better or whether that leads you into one of my services like the Kinstrich membership or doing some virtual consults or whatever that is. Um, any way that I can assist you, please, please, please reach out and let me know. I am more than happy to help. Um, but that's that's it. Uh, for this week's episodes. I really appreciate you guys tuning in and listening. Every review really does count, so please drop that review for the podcast. And again, if you want to continue to connect, you've got the Facebook group, Fitness for the Fairways. You can um, search for that inside of Facebook, and you can always reach out in any way that I have mentioned prior, um, just to shoot the shit if that's what you want.